Yo, 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 yo. Hold on a second. Let me take. Yo, what's going on, guys? Sadio Polanco here. Ooh, this sounds a little crazy. Alright, we're here. We're just talking about. What the fuck we want to talk about? Because it's my mic. <laughs> Alright, what's good, bro? You're talking about. You said something about. Racism? I'm hearing it right now. I got the feedback. Does it come back? Yeah, I got the feedback right now. I'm gonna check the, put the volume up. Yo, 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 what's going on, man? Yo, this mic is crazy. Man, this really makes you wanna talk. I feel very important. <laughs> I feel very, very important. This is Daddy Polanco, and you have reached NPR. NPR, bro. National Polanco that. Report. Hey. And we're here you today. To, you about to sue NPR, yo. And we're here today to discuss the multiple spectrums of race and color in the Dominican Republic with a true Dominican, a true entrepreneur, Junior Caesar Larabors, founder of Trill NYC. You want to say something about yourself, Junior? Uh, thank you for having me here, Johnny. It's a pleasure to be here. Ooh, all right, so let's just act like nothing is going on. All right, bro. So you're, you were going to say something about a misconception and of race? Yes, yes. So our Dominican people, right? Within the race, yes, there is a stigma of, you know, being fair skinned. Okay, okay. Take take the take it all off. Gloves off. Just speak. Don't no political. Don't like. I'm not you saying to I'm be. Giving you political, I'm giving you political. I'm literally giving you. I'm about to get into it though, right? I'm, giving, I'm not giving you political. Okay, but just for future reference, I'm not. When I say don't be politically correct, if you ever hear me say this, that doesn't mean to be a, a fucking prick and racist. That just no, means, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know you know, but a lot of people don't know. Don't uh, know so that. Yeah, but what, I, what I'm saying is, right, there's a stigma where it's like, hey, you know, if you're lighter skin, if you're fair skin, you know, you look better, it's more beautiful. And, you know, if you're darker, you know, it's negative and, like, uh, you're ugly. There's, there's ugliness to you because your hair is not straight, et cetera, et cetera, right? Dominican jokes. But, of course. But at the same time, it's like, it's, it's multiple problems, right? Because there's also an issue with Haitians... You know, with the with the Haitian brothers and sisters that are you know on the other side of the, of the island, and essentially crossing over to the Dominican Republic for a better opportunity or a better life, but at the same time, it's like when they come over, people should understand that that they're coming over, you know, for a better life because things are terribly, you know, bad in Haiti. I mean, if things are bad in DR, like imagine Haiti. Well, it's so, not their fault. That the oh, United exactly. States I mean, the, the destabilized corruption. them. You were saying? Uh, it's not their fault that the United States destabilized them. So true, true. I mean, listen, that's another that's another day for that conversation because we can go but, ahead but with that. I, I just want to comment on that argument, which I think is I don't like that argument sure. because if you if you were to plug in the word Mexican or Dominican and rephrase it as in we were the immigrants. People make that argument towards us. So it it seems kind of counterintuitive and destructive to ourselves. It's like we're we're it's like the 
what is the phrase? The tea calling the kettle, the pot calling the kettle yeah, black. Pot calling, yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. That's my opinion on that. But <clears throat> I just think when you you made a good point about you know colorism in the Caribbean. I have a um, well, I follow somebody on Twitter that said yep. even in Jamaica. No, that's misinformed. That's misinformed. I'll edit that out. But like oh, all yeah. over, all over, all over the. Well, no, I mean in Jamaica they they, they do they do whitening. Yeah, they they do bleach. I just my source. I didn't get it from him, but you are right. They do I bleach do. all over the Caribbean. All over the Caribbean because of European perfectionism. Hundred percent. And what is that? What is European perfectionism? It's when I come in and I set the standard. <clears throat> right, I'm the European. I come in. Your life sucks. My life is good. Be like me, and that's why people they stay at home and they just want to be white, rich white people. But then on top of that, right? On, to, to your point, you know the companies all across the world and all over the globe, they also have a standard that they want you to be, and that's why well, you know. If hey, you can you elaborate you that standard? Can you elaborate? Can you define that standard? So what I'm saying is the standard is, you know, white skin, uh, you know, straightened hair. Like if you have curly hair or you have, if you have quote unquote nappy hair or more natural hair. Or any, any racially charged term. Exactly. So they want you to like have, you know, the quote unquote straightened hair. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely. Um, Skin that's really, you know. Yeah, you, you got, they want you to be white. They want you to be white. That's what it is. That's what it, that's exactly. what it is. Exactly, yes, yes. So, you know, 100%, the thing 100%. is that, hold on, I'm getting a phone call. Let me just decline this. But I really have to take that call, though. Yo, give me a second. I'm going to pause this. Are you want to continue the conversation? I just have to get my daughter. So give me a second. Let me call you back. Uh, yeah. All right, we'll continue. I'm just going to pause this recording. Yeah. Okay. So we were discussing how Jobs wants you to be white. So, can I hear your white voice though? What? Can I hear your white voice? My white voice? No. Yeah. I don't think I have one. Of those. You have one. <laughs> nah, bro. I really don't think I have one. You of those. don't code switch. You don't nah, think? I really don't. To be honest, I don't. So when you're, I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those people that give you the formal like hello. Like I don't really change my voice. <clears throat> I am. One hello, of how's? I will say. I will say this though. You know, depending where I'm at, I do. I would say I do maybe change the way that I express myself. I mean, not that I express myself. The way that I, uh, you know, the slang. You know, the way that you use the language. Right. If you're mm-hmm. in the streets, you're not gonna really, you know, talk with uh, bigger words. I would say, you know. Oh, so I am kind of being a contrarian to that. I think that when you don't use your vocabulary, when you don't use your vocabulary with your friends, essentially what you're saying is that, you know, you know you're not going to be able to understand this, so I'm not going to give you the opportunity to understand this. I would say yes. I, would, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think position it that way. The way I think is... And, and I don't necessarily, by default, use bigger words. Or I'm going to this place where there's, you know, I feel like there's well, such and such amount of people. Like I don't really say like, let me change 
my words. But, what, you know, what I'm saying is at the end of the day, when you're communicating, you want people to understand, right? So True. You, you want to speak to them, to whoever it is. It doesn't matter from what background or what social status, economic status they come from. You just want to make sure you're understood and they understand what you're saying verbally. So Can we go back to the some flaws, right? So obviously this conversation is stemming from the murder of George Floyd and also everyone else that I would be <clears throat> doing a disservice to try to name, right? Even the the lives that were lost off camera. But, right, you said your education, like, so you're talking about your vocabulary, right? And you mentioned your, fi- your financial status, your economic status, and that's part of the flaw in America, right? Why is that connected? Why is money so deeply rooted in every aspect of our life? I mean, the thing is, everywhere you, you see, it's everywhere, everywhere you look at, whether you're looking, whether you're in school, whether, you know, you're speaking to your parents, whether you're, you're on social media, it's all over the place. People are definitely... Posturing. More, I would say more focused on it um, from every perspective, you know? I mean, you know, even when you think about culture, like, um, everybody's just focused on, on money. And I, I won't say I won't say that that's a negative thing, but it's more or less like there is more to life than just money, right? Like, there has to be some more, there has to be a bigger meaning, right, to your life than just monetarily. Like, what is it that you're doing, right? There has to be some sort of contribution that you're, you know, having in your life. And whatever you do, I feel like needs to be bigger than, bigger than, than you. your life. Bigger like, than, you. Yeah, than you. You know, it's a funny thing about money is that. First of all, the fear of money is crippling. 100%. The fear of anything, the fear itself yeah, is Yeah, fear, fear is crippling, right? So the fear of money is crippling, right? So, right, that fear is instilled through the pressure of, you know, um, you know, in, like institutionalized payments. Because it's a part, it, you, you need to make payments. I'm not a communist. I am not a communist. Right? My mom kind of, I don't know. But... But so at the end of the day, right, when you overcome that fear, you can overcome that fear. And I feel like like an awakened state of money, right? Like if there was an awakened state is when you don't give a shit about your money, but you know what to do with your money. So you're not afraid to risk it. You get what I'm saying? No, but so so more to what you're saying about the risking part, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you come from a family of lower, you know, resources or like, you know, from a poor family or from even a lower middle class family, more times than not, you come from, you know, a place where there's a lack of money. There's, whenever you speak about money is in negative terms, you know, there's a lot of worry. So that psychologically, you know, is in your mind where... It's PTSD. For the rest of your life, you're scarred up until you either learn how to manage your money as opposed to mismanaging your money or you really learn how to um, leverage your skills to actually earn but you, money. you also forgot one of the most common things is not knowing what the fuck is going on with your money oh, oh but that, shit that comes with the lack, the lack of knowledge right the lack of knowledge when it's around when it comes to money yeah, and I think that's one of the main talking points uh, that people have. One of the main points, like, 
we need to have a, a sense of financial freedom as a black community, right? In this age, which I'm calling like in my head, like the black renaissance, right? This is the, this is the new age, you know, the industrialization that happened prior to us is rehappening, but through a deconstruction, if you understand what I'm saying, right? We're ripping no, that I out. Definitely get what you're saying. Um, but, you know, more or less, more or less is, is also the lack of knowledge, financial literacy okay, in so, the communities. So the community, so, and it starts, and there's nothing against any of our parents, but it starts at home. And it starts at home where there's a lack of, and it's not their fault either because, you know, they're parents, right? Mm-hmm. So when, like, when a, the, the, the literacy, the financial literacy, the financial literacy is almost like a, um, a myth. It's almost like this myth where, you know, especially me, and I can speak to you about personal experience. Mm-hmm. In my life, like... Wait, where are you from again? From, from Williamsburg, Brooklyn. So you're from, so just for the people that don't know you like I do, it's a quick recap. Brooklyn, New York. Okay, but you're, you're, just give me a quick recap. Who you are, where you're from, how do you feel about your community? Oh, my name is Caesar. I'm you know, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, co-founder of Trill NYC, the uh, marketplace for independent streetwear designers and emerging, uh, independent brands and emerging designers. Fire, fire. And uh, as far as what I feel about or how I feel about my community, um, I feel like my community needs to, how can I say, needs to break away from the the change that has held it down. In other words, you know, like my people, you know, the people that look like me, um, they just don't, we don't really own the community, you know? Oh, I was talking to my father about that. I'm like, you know, they offer you a contract and like for solar panels. They have you a contract and they're paying you. Like, how much money do you think they're making that somebody will pay you to put something up? Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm like, there's much more value. They're not gonna undervalue. Right? They're not gonna overvalue. They're gonna undervalue. Yeah, right? you are probably getting. You're not even getting paid. You should be getting paid ten thousand right. dollars. You're getting fifty dollars, and you know the mentality is, I got fifty dollars. No, I I don't want this little stuff anymore. But, I, I mean, want. Another, yeah, I want it all, I mean, and I want to share it. But that's another thing, right? Like, honestly, like, that's why, that's why I, I work so hard, um, you know, to build, you know, to build a legacy where I want to show the youth of the infinite possibilities that there are there. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of these kids in these communities really don't know what's possible, right? Because that's what it starts with. I'm not going to give you the cookie cutter bullshit, like, hey, fucking... Think about anything positive and everything's gonna come to you. Like, no, I'm like, that's bullshit, right? Like, yes, be positive, but at the same time, don't make a vision you know, board. Yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> like leverage leverage your skill set. If you don't have much skills, then learn more skills, right? Improve your skills and leverage your skill set and figure out a way on how you can best position yourself to build something of yourself. So- maybe, maybe you. You know, not everybody's destined to be the boss, right? Maybe you can be this, you know, the, the vice president. Maybe you're not destined to be the president, right? You could be the Ray or, Allen. 
Yeah, maybe you don't gotta be a LeBron. Ray Allen, Ray Allen still has a ring, right? He's not LeBron, but he has a ring, right? And he got the moment, so, right? He got the check. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's another thing to think about. But again, when you look around you, you know, you don't really see people that look like me and you. And I'm not saying that you know nobody, you know, nobody is really you know successful. That that's uh, you know Hispanic or, or black or or you know a minority. There are, of course, but I'm saying we need more. We need more to, to show that hey, it's possible, and it's not about falling in love with you know the cars that that you know that they may have attained or the houses that they may have attained because it's deeper than that. It's much more deeper than that, and it takes a lot of grit and and fight you know in order to build something like I mean I'm going through it right now you know. So, so what are you in the process of building? And what are you building for? Like, you know, what's your purpose? I mean, like I said, I feel like my purpose in this life is just to show the youth about the possibilities, the endless possibilities. But as, as a business, from a business as a, I mean, as a business, the, what I, my idea, my, my number one goal as a business is really to give access and opportunity to designers all across the world to brands all across the world. Um, I know you heard like that. It. Hold on. I know you guys heard that. You want to make money? You make moves. All right? I don't care if I got 10 viewers. You could be one of those people that makes it, you know, make some money, man. And that money is going to make you money. 100%. So, not only that, I mean, giving access and opportunity, but also, you know, one day becoming the biggest, the largest, you know, marketplace of independent, for independent streetwear brands and emerging designers. Because like I said, at the end of the day, the biggest thing, the biggest difference between people that make it and quote-unquote people that don't make it is opportunity. Simple as that. But the thing is, to have to, you know, when that opportunity arises, will you be ready, you know? I, I, have, you been, have you been preparing, right? Like, it's not about... You know, the opportunity is there, then let me prepare. It's about prepare every day for when the opportunity comes, you're ready. Yeah, but I, I also think that the opportunities are cumulative. The thing is that no, we, of course, we no, have to of course. see. It's, 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 not, it's not like one infinite moment where it's like, okay, okay, Johnny, you know, Johnny, when was the moment that you, that this happened for you? Like, it, okay, it's but time, right? I'm, I'm it's, speaking. It's a bunch of little moments. I'm speaking. I, yeah, I, I do agree with that. You have to consistently. I, I am of the belief that you are what you do consistently, but yep, I'm speaking 100%. historically speaking. You know, I know obviously. So historically speaking, there's um, a lack of opportunities that have compounded in our in our community that makes. And when you hear like some people say, "Oh, you're complaining," I'm saying the truth. Okay, and you're taking it as complaining because it sounds like "woe is me" because it's a bad situation. And that's the truth, right? So yeah. when our, well, like, well, depending, our grandparents were overseas, but let's say they were struggling and somebody else's grandparents are in college, right? They're getting that legacy, right? And that next generation is just that much easier. They yeah, have, I mean, they have a step ahead. They have a step mm -hmm. ahead on everybody else. And they were, you know, there's so much time missed out and lives but, of course but the one thing to consider going back to the whole race issue is the fact that 
are we starting as a minority? Are you starting as a at a disadvantage? Yes, we are. I mean, that's, there's no secret about that, right? Is there are opportunities harder to come by? Yes, they are. There's no secret about that either. Now, by you knowing that information, will you sit back and complain about the lack of opportunities? Annoying. Or will you do something about it. I know it's like I feel you, and I feel. I don't feel you, right? I don't feel you because I don't know your pain. I'm not going to minimize what you feel, but you no, know, let's get productive, man. I, I want everyone exactly. to, I want everyone exactly. to be a mentor, to be a leader. You need We do we, we do need more leaders. Let me tell you, but we do need more leaders. That's another thing. We need more leaders to once again lead the youth cuz I mean, and I keep saying the youth cuz the youth, you know, the youth is where the future is at, you know. Yo, so you should be disappointed you should be disappointed if the person on your street, right, is looking up to, like, this professional athlete, right, somebody that you know close to you. They should be aspiring to be like you, right? I'm talking about if there's a big age difference. You should be setting the standard in their life. They shouldn't need to outsource for an idol, right? It should come from the community. 100%. Because think about it. They relate to you in every aspect of life, but they can't find motivation from you. What's going on there, right? There's obviously uh, an issue. I, I mean, so the things to that, it, it, there, is, there does tend to be some motivation, but it's for the wrong reasons, again. They may, they may be motivated because you may have that nice car, right? Or they may be motivated because you have some nice, you know, some nice clothes on or whatever it is, you know? So at the end of the day, like, they need to focus more on what's more than just that because those things... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with materialistic things, but I will. More, it has to be more than just that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you really doing with your life? You know? Exactly. What are What are you really doing with your life? What are you doing with your day? And I hope. What, what do you have to show for? In other words, you know? Yeah. So, on that note, I'm gonna ask you. One last question. This is, you know, this is just a phone call. I'm recording it. I'm going to post this because this is a good conversation. But one last question. Let's think. What's, what would be a good question for this? All right. I had this in mind. If I had $10,000, if I had $10,000 right now in this economic state, what would you suggest that I do with that money? Hypothetically speaking, Right? I don't. I don't. Hold on a second. I don't want any signals, any you know, invest in any stocks. I don't want to do that here. All right. So a business investment. Go sure. ahead. So first of all, if I had ten thousand dollars, or if you had ten thousand dollars, and and you were seeking for this advice, I would tell everybody to first of all be truthful with yourself, have self awareness. Self-awareness from the standpoint of who are you and what are you best at? You know, where where, where is your skill set? Where can you leverage your skill set the best at, right? Take that, take part of that money and invest it in yourself. Invest it in yourself in the sense of a new skill set, a new skill set that you can maybe multiply, you know, multiply your, your earning power because that's what it comes down to, earning power. What can you do that someone else can. And the more, the, the, the more, uh, the more important or the more, 
um, the, the more, how can I say? The more the exclusive more, your skills are. Exactly. The more earning power you have. And that's the difference between, you know, someone saying, hey, I work eight hours a day and I only make $200 or $100. Such and such works for one hour and he might make $10,000. You know what I mean? Like A it, fraction it of an hour. It, it, it doesn't mean that that person is quote-unquote stealing or for nothing. It just means that they have their skill set commands much more earning power than yours. So yes, as an individual, you are worthy. Everybody is. But from the sense of, you know, your earning power, you just need to keep growing. You know, and keep growing and keep developing your skill set. Um, you know, so you can go ahead and command more earning power. So I'd, I'd say with that $10,000, you take part of that and you invest it in yourself. And then the other part, um, I mean, on, honestly speaking, in the in the environment that we're in, we start buying and flipping, you know, like, there's, there's just so much, you'd be surprised, there's just so much opportunity with arbitrage. Um, you know, buying something at one price and if there's value, obviously, there, you sell it for the difference. So that's what I'd say, in all honesty. Um, I mean, I, I didn't want to give the, you know, the vanilla, <clears throat> take mm-hmm. the $10,000 and go start a business because one thing I can tell you is starting a business isn't for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just not. So at that point, another thing, I mean, I did, like I said, I already mentioned what you can do with that money, but try your best to surround yourself with like-minded people you know, spread, you know, share your thoughts amongst each other and take take your money together and build something maybe amongst you three, four, you know, or five. Because you just, you, you just never know, you know, like that that's the issue and that's the problem in our community, how everyone wants to do things for themselves. Crab, crab mentality. Wants, exactly. Everyone is trying to like eat each other up, kill each other, like, you know, destroy each other, like, Who's going to be the one to, like, save the whole community or whatever or, or save themselves or whatnot? When if everyone, if you take a group of, of like-minded individuals that are, you know, working towards one ideal, that's, like, one of the most powerful things that you can have in this world. And if you feel any different, you can look at other communities that stick together and they build together. And that's why those communities are strong. Yeah, when whenever you're adding, not subtracting, that's always a good thing, right? Adding, not subtracting, you're building money skills. So yes. this was an interview, first interview with Junior, but my daughter's here and I want to kiss her. So awesome. All right, it was nice talking to you, bro. You know I my love part. you. I uh, we'll continue this one. The next one will be more structured. Thank you for telling me to do this for years. He earned this. Ah, there you go. All right, bro. Take, All take right, care, bro. Man. Take care.